friends, it's me, Katie Ann, and your host to the Full Confidence Ahead podcast, where we go on a journey together, tackling the fears of life from family relationships to finance, from careers to community. And today we have, wow, one of the most touching community leaders that I've bumped shoulders in in, in a while. We have Liz Walker on here today. What a story of seeing a need feeling a drive and being an entrepreneur in her community. I'm so excited to share her story with you and have her be on with us today. Liz, thank you so much for being here with us. We're so excited for you. We are going to just take a pause for our sponsors. They're so important. They make it so we can have this podcast free for everyone to listen to. So take a second, listen to the to this, to our sponsors, and we're going to get into our short show today. Scared swiping your card at a cash register, not knowing if it would be declined or maxed out on your credit limit? Believe me, I've been there holding my breath, waiting to check out. Thankfully, all of that fear melted away and turned into confidence when I took a financial literacy course. The PowerPay Money Master course has changed my experience at the cash register from fearful to fearless. The online course is video based and gives you real life money smarts. USU Extension is offering a free Money Master course to all Full Confidence Ahead listeners. Go to extensioncourses.usu.edu slash Powell and add the Money Master course to your cart. The link will give you the $40 course for free. You can also get the course discount by going to extensioncourses.usu.edu and finding the Money Master course under the finance category. Use the code KDAN. K-A-T-I-E-A-N-N with no spaces at checkout to claim your $40 discount and free course. As a podcaster and a one-woman show, it takes a lot of time to record, edit, and produce my episode. There is no way I could run my podcast on my own if I didn't have Podflow. Podflow is an AI-based podcasting tool that enhances audio recordings, writes show notes, and makes audio timestamps all within literally minutes. It's given me the power to be a one-woman show by giving me back my time. If you have your own podcast or are considering making your own, head over to podflow.ai to create your account. Podflow will give you a free trial to get just a taste of their product. And when you're ready to purchase their product, it's affordable and purchased by the month. So you can go month by month with your podcasting process. Get ready to podcast like me and get your Podflow account at podflow.ai. Okay, Liz. Thank you so much for being on with us. We are so excited for you to be here. Thank you. I just want to introduce you to our guests a little bit and and to our guests too. So how I met Liz Walker was kind of fun. It was, there's this local high school in our area and they have a finance program and they work on career development and entrepreneurship and interviewing. And I was volunteering there helping with the interviews. And Liz is just an incredible person in the community and, and working to help other entrepreneurs and looking to inspire younger people. And she was there looking at the program and it was so fun to meet you there, Liz. I'm just so glad we bumped shoulders. Yeah, it was great. My my son was actually a speaker at that conference. So that's why I knew about it. <laughs> so amazing. Liz is incredible. She has literally grown a family of incredible community leaders and entrepreneurs. So Liz, I'm just going to share a little bit about you and the things that of your story 
I love before we just jump into our conversation and get to know you even more altogether. So for our podcast listeners, Liz is a Utah native. She was born here in the Salt Lake area. She graduated from USU in early childhood education, which is really important to know with her story. Early childhood education is her background. So right out of college, she started teaching and training teachers how to be home economics teachers and also how to run preschools. So again, really involved in that early childhood education. And and at that time, her first daughter was born too. And she wanted to expand her daughter's horizons. So Liz, you put her in, in swimming lessons, right? Yes, that's true. Yes. So I I love your story at this point. You put her in swimming lessons and I want to talk more about this a little bit later because you had had some negative experiences as a young child with water and you wanted to make sure that your child was set up for success. And I I love that you took your fear and said, you know what? Nope, we're going to grow from this. So you put your child into swimming lessons. And and I love this part of your story too, is you noticed that you weren't satisfied with the teaching because you saw that your daughter saw the water as a playground and not as something dangerous, which is so crucial with young kids is they could easily just walk into the water and just not know how to swim and and drown. And so you saw that and said, hmm, I'm going to do something about this. I love Liz with her drive here. She literally got a hold of every book she possibly could, information she could about early childhood swimming. She had been so interested in the early childhood brain development as well. So she started learning everything about infant swimming that she possibly could. And that led to starting to teach in your community pool, which then led to teaching in an indoor pool. And I I loved this as well as because you were still that poor college student phase and whatnot. And, And Liz took the time and this is how she actually traded for the goods and services she needed is for like dental work or glasses. She would go into professional offices and trade her swimming lessons for these skills. And Liz, I just think you're brilliant for that. Just absolutely brilliant. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, You are truly incredible. And from that small, humble start, now 40 years later, wow, I'm sure you never expected it to be here, but it's incredible. She owns, so there's, she has three indoor privately owned swim schools that are in Pleasant Grove, Holiday, and Layton. That's incredible, which has, get this, like having the magnitude of this, I love it, 2,000 lessons per week that her staff is teaching. That is a huge impact. Like that's going from her having a negative experience in the water to now 200 children and kids and youth being empowered to never have that experience. Like, wow, what a turnaround. So it's incredible. And she teaches anyone from four months to 10-year-olds. Liz, thank you so much for being here with us. Well, thank you for having me. This will be really exciting. (laughs) I really want to just start with this idea. In your story, it fascinates me. You came from a negative experience with water. How did you not kind of project your fear on your child of water? How did you turn that around into saying, okay, I had a negative experience with water and now let's have someone else grow? Well, my experience was when I was quite young, and so I had a lot of years to work through that fear. Even when I was college age, I would go over to the hyper building and get in the water myself and try to move around in the water and feel safe. So I didn't, by the time she came along, I was, I had basically taught myself to overcome the fears that I had. 
Wow. So was that process for you overcoming your fear? Was it just making yourself, like you said, you were kind of just getting in the water and, and did anyone help motivate you to do that? Or did you just say, nope, this is it. I need to get like, what pushed you to say, this is it. I have to get over my fear. Yeah. So when I was young, you know, after having some compromising situations, my parents bought me this cute life jacket. You know, I just remember it being a different color than everyone else's, but they basically told me, you have to wear this anytime you're around the water. Even if we're, you know, if you go to sleep, leave it on. (laughs) If we're like at Lake Powell or something like that. And so of course, that gave me a false sense of security because I could go in the water, but I wasn't learning how to hold my breath. So I got exposure that way. But I always thought, well, you know, I have this life jacket. Well, you know, at some point you grow out of that. (laughs) And so then I, I just had to say to myself, okay, time to learn how to hold my breath, time to understand, you know, how my body moves in the water, what makes my legs float up when I get nervous what happens and the hyper building at USU had warm water and the warm water really made a difference in helping me um, work through my thoughts in my mind and just relax in the water. Mm -hmm. So actually that's one of the things that we offer at our schools is 90 degree water to learn how to swim. (laughs) I love that. Remind me again, what's the name of your school? It's called Swim Kids. So in here in Utah, it's swimkidsutah.com is where you can find us. Perfect. Swimkidsutah.com. We're going to have that repeated quite a few times throughout here because we want that. That's such an integral part of your story. And wow, incredible. That to me is fascinating that you took this fear. And I'm just fascinated that you took the initiative yourself to get over this fear and and had the patience to have this exploration. Like you were saying, you took the time to figure out how, what made your legs float up and holding your breath underwater. I, I'm just amazed by you in that sense. And I, I hope that I can be like that with my fears too, to just be like, it's done. Like I'm taking the life jacket off. No more holding my hand through this. Like I'm just going to experiment through it. Did that take a lot of patience with yourself did you ever feel like frustrated as you were going through your own fears? You were working through that, or was that an exciting experience? Um, I truly don't have a huge memory of that, but even though our swim school is not geared to adults, I have taught some adults who've been near drownings, or for example, I taught a nanny whose parents said she needs to learn how to swim because she works with our kids, she's with our kids, and just helping her like be able to splash water on her face and, you know, at home, like in the sink type thing. I taught a lady who was a stewardess, and they have to go in the water in some kind of a lifeboat. And she was just panicked about this and I taught people who were afraid to, to fly in an airplane if it went over water. So I feel like I worked through that as, it, you know, I mean, I worked through it with myself. But then as an adult, I, I've had, you know, dozen or so experiences working with fearful adults, which kind of led me back to what, how, how, how it worked for me when I was younger. So when you take on a fearful adult, 
what is your first step working with them? I, I find that I'm just, I, I meet them where they're at. I talk them through what what's happening with them. I let them share their story if they if they've been in a situation which a lot of them have. Then I provide some things that they could try. For example, I worked with a grandfather after I after I taught his grandson who was five. He said, "Oh, when I was five, I went to swimming, and then I told my parents." take me out and they took him out and you know now he's in his 60s and and has tried multiple times to enjoy family events but was too afraid so he he actually came to me without his wife knowing he was taking lessons he wanted to surprise her and so when he first got in the water I let him hold on to the bar so he felt really comfortable that way and then I also offered goggles so that he could see into the water. And while he's holding onto the bar and he's got goggles on, you know, just talking to him about experimenting with his legs floating up and then can he get them to the surface and then move them. That story was so fun because after eight weeks of teaching him, he brought his wife. He was... um, thinking that they were signing up together because he'd had many experiences where he had not had success. And the the pool that I was teaching in was four foot to 12 foot. And so he told me, he says, you know, don't let her know that, that I know you. I want to surprise her. So he went down to the 12 foot and jumped in and swam back to the four foot. And she was in shock. That was so cute. Oh, I just... That just like makes me teary. Even I, I, I just love what you do because whether it's with swimming or water, I, I think we all come or we either come with fears or we have experiences that create fears in our lives. And the fact that you have taken the time to work people through their fears, and I think you just gave us a formula to success. I, what you were saying about your process of how you work someone through that, I, I. I'm just in awe, but you were talking about how first off you just meet them where they are instead of like forcing them to do something or anything and you listen and then you ease into it and then you experiment and then from there you grow. And I just reflecting on my own life, I and I wonder if I took all my fears the same way that you walk through those people of, you know, even meeting myself where I'm at and like recognizing and honoring where I'm at and then experimenting a little bit and just understanding a little bit and then growing from there because that what oh (laughs) what a beautiful thing seeing him uh, surprising his wife oh yeah it was so it was so sweet and then they sent me pictures of them snorkeling and I don't know where they were on a trip it was so fun yeah we would love to be in a position to offer adult lessons at our facilities. We've just been so focused on the young child because it's uh, accidental drowning is so high. It's like next to car accidents, accidental deaths for children ages one to four. And so, yeah, because of my background in, in child development, that's obviously where we started. And 
and we're kind of like drinking from a fire hose trying to stay up with <laughs> with all the people and all the ages that need to learn to swim. With 2,000 lessons a week, I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I can totally imagine. What an incredible... Uh, I also love that you're doing with youth because I feel like you're teaching these preventative methods and you're you're teaching and inspiring at a young age and and what a thing to have a young kid be able to be like wow I can do hard things I learned how to swim um and something and I overcame something that might have been scary or uh I'm wow just wow I I kind of want to know in your story this transition from going from your community pool to 40 years later owning three indoor swim swim schools because that's kind of a that's a very big jump take me through that process of what kind of happened in the middle of that what really drove you to buy your first your first place well you know I was raising a family my husband and I and the swimming was like quote-unquote hobby kind of a side thing and I didn't want it to take away from my time with my kids but I did do it a little bit here and a little bit there. And luckily I had my mom that lived by and she would help me with my kids. And I always made it a priority to get them to lessons before or after the students I had so that they were my main focus, learning to swim. But um, then as, as my children grew up and became teenagers, a little by little, they started coming with me and helping me um, my daughter's my oldest, and I, when she came, the she'd come to the pool, and I'd have her, if I had a child that was further along, I'd let her work with the child if the parent was okay with that. And then one time a parent said to me, oh, well, can we just get on her schedule because you're just too full? And so it, it, it transitioned into her, she and I teaching together because she'd had uh, so much exposure to me and back and forth as we drive home, I would explain, try this next time, try this. different, And, and the lessons are all private. So that makes it really fun. But then um, my son, my first son, he approached me mom and said, mom, the place that you're renting is charging you a lot of money. I mean, you should own your own facility because this is a big, and he was studying strategic planning mm. in college. And so um, I said, really? You know, and, and he said, yeah. And just think about how hard it's been with swimming because you haven't owned your own water. You never know if the next day you're going to get kicked out of wherever you're at because someone wants to do something else with the water. And, you know, it's just, if they own it, then things can change quite quickly. So he was, he was very instrumental in helping approached the owner and talked to the owner about one of the facilities that we were working at. And mind you, at this facility, they let me teach um, in the fall through the spring. And when summer came, they kicked me out of that pool and ran their own program. So every summer, I would, you know, my parents, my swim parents would say, oh, I don't, I just don't know what to do. We need you to have lessons. And so they were very helpful in finding backyard pools, alternative places for us to teach. And when we 
And so we would start that in June and go that through August. And it came, and we ended up having 10 pools at our max, 10 pools around the valley where we would send instructors. And, you know, it was in the Harvard-Yale area and it was up by the zoo. Like we said, this is the zoo pool. This is Harvard-Yale. This, this is Harriman, you know. it was, But it was also a real challenge because you have to have insurance and if the neighbors complain and you know, you've got to make sure the chemicals and the temperature, you know, the pool is just so much harder to have a variety of places. But anyway, so then he helped me approach the owner and the owner, it was in like 2008 or nine when the market was getting kind of, um, I don't know, it was volatile, I guess is the word. <laughs> really yeah. dicey. It was really dicey. We all yeah. <laughs> And the owner, owner was older, and he just kind of started thinking about, well, what I want to do is I want to teach scuba lessons, but I don't want all the headaches of owning a building and trying to, you know, take care of all the expenses. So that's how the transition happened with that first pool, and they became our renters. So they would come in at 7 o'clock at night and run their classes in the evenings and then we also closed early on Saturday closed at two and we were not open on Sunday so the time that they could use the pool they rented from us and we were able to take over the facility and really clean it up and get it set up nicely also before we owned the pool the the owner the previous owner allowed anybody who wanted to to teach lessons there and so they would come in and try to recruit my students or put flyers on their car or say swim for less or take notes poolside. Like, what, how are you doing that? How are you getting that skill? You know, <laughs> it was quite the challenge. Oh, man. So it was really, really hard to take over a building that had so many problems, but it's been a huge blessing you know, we would have never been able to get to the independence that we have now and the growth. I love to hear that too, because sometimes, you know, we, we see you successful and sometimes we just think like, oh, you know what? It was just like overnight, they bought the building, but there was definitely a transition period for you and the Absolutely. building up to know, I love how you consulted your son about how to talk to the previous owner of the building you went and talked to it. And then there was this kind of dicey transition moment of now they were right. renting from you. <laughs> Awkward moments of like, well, even when we went to the bank to try to get a loan, they're like, what, what are you doing? Swimming lessons? No, no, we're not going to. And we had to find someone who believed in us. So it was more than one person that we, and that we went to, to get a loan to be able to, you know, get that mortgage on that first facility. That's, I, I love that you mentioned that too, because such a reality. I yeah. love, how did you, what, when you really found someone who believed in your mission, do you feel like it was in the, you, you modified how you presented your vision a little bit? Or do you think it was just finding, like truly just searching until you actually match with someone until they were like, yes? Um, it was actually, if I remember correctly, this person knew about our program and we are, you know, 10 steps above any kind of a rec program, any kind of anything. 
like we just can't be compared to a regular swimming lesson because we we have success in weeks, not years, in getting a child independent in the water. And um, so that's kind of, you know, even when I was working with the doctors and the dentists and doing those trades, it was the same kind of thing. Well, these people were people who were professionals. They also had the money to spend to get something good for their kids. But then they were like, wow, this is, this is great because we're, we're getting progress. We don't have to wait till they're 10 to learn how to swim if we start them when they're three, you know, so. Right. Liz, you were so smart doing that with the professionals of you had a need. You know, we, most of us have all been through that poor college student phase or have a moment in our life that, you know, it's a struggle and pinching pennies. You were brilliant to take something that you were skilled at and trade that. But not only were you doing that, but it was building your credibility is because people were going through these programs and could see the results and suddenly you had this clientele that, that saw the success and believed in your program. That was amazing. Amazing idea. <laughs> It's very fun today. Like I'll go to the grocery store, I'll go to a, a sporting event and someone's like, Liz, Liz. And I'm like, I don't recognize this person, you know? And then I find out, well, I taught them when they were two and <laughs> their mom has told them about me and now they want to bring their child to, to our program. And, you know, their mom might be two steps behind them. And I look and I think, oh, maybe I recognize that person. They're, you know, 20 years older or something to that effect. But it is. It's very fun to be able to offer a, pro a product that is very much um, geared to the individual person who's learning it for their success. And we, we want the skill and the confidence to be equal. So like if you're climbing a ladder, you don't want the confidence so high on, say, your left leg and your right leg is clear down at the bottom for skill. And now you jump in without any skills. So it's this balance of we work on skill, we work on confidence, we work on skill, and we walk the ladder till we we get to the top. I have never heard it that way. And that was really beautiful. So you're saying, so it's like right and left leg, like skill and confidence, and they both have to move. And what I'm understanding from you, it's not necessarily even moving in tandem because you're not jumping up the ladder, but like one then the other, then one then the other. Absolutely. Yep. And you have to be able to read the child, you know, look at their eyes, feel their body, how relaxed are they? Because, you know, you'll get a child, they'll come in the first day, it's a three-year-old, I want to jump off the diving board, you know, and they've never even gone under the water. They, you know, got those super high confident kids. And then you, you work on the going underwater because you can't learn to swim if you don't know how to hold your breath. And they're a little startled and they're like, oh, you know, so yeah, their confidence maybe has not moved at all <laughs> in that lesson because you're working on the skill and then you're trying to balance that so that you're not pushing them too hard so that they give up, but that you're not having them be overconfident without skill. That's, wow. Totally makes sense, your, your way of saying that. And I've never thought of it that way. And that makes me think of things in my life too. Wow, okay, confidence and skill, like, it's not just driving skill, 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 and leaving my confidence out or confidence and not having the skill of, oh, that's so beautiful. I want to touch really quick as we're kind of wrapping uh, just a few questions before we wrap up, but I love your core values and I just want you to explain them a little bit to us and why they're important to you. But you have four, 
and with swim kids and it's no TV dinners. It's all about the kids. Just keep swimming and we care. What do you mean by no TV dinners? <laughs> well, I was me, media has been a real um anti I don't know. I I I just don't feel like media and screens and all that. I mean, when I was raising my kids, I didn't really have anything but the TV to deal with, but I really wanted time in our family where we were eating wholesome foods and we were communicating around the table and we were touching base with, you know, what happened today? What was your high? What was your low? And just to me, that's so, so important. We have we were a part of a group called a thousand hours outdoor and that's a yearly goal. And just, you know, there's so much to this world um, that, yeah, no TV dinners just means we're not sitting in front of the TV and we're not eating crappy food. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. And I love that it's all about the kids and tell me a little bit more about this. Just keep swimming. Well, every, you know, every child is different. I even remember my oldest son bringing his first son to lessons and he, and he was really high anxiety and he's looking at me like, mom, what should I do? And I'm thinking, okay, you've been through this, your, you as my son, you've been through this your whole life and now you're experiencing a child with this high anxiety. Um, we just need to keep swimming and we're going to take baby steps, but we're going to get there. And, you know, this boy is now, he'll, he's almost 13 and he's an avid swimmer and snorkeler. He lives in Belize and spends a lot of time and they, you know, in, in the ocean and not afraid of the water, but you know, if they had stopped, kind of like the grandpa whose parents took him out of lessons after a few times, you know, he spent nearly a lifetime or at least many decades missing out on the opportunities that the water can enjoy. You can enjoy the water. Oh, that is, I, I love that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what, what a moment too of your child being like, wait a minute, I, I've been through this, but now I have a child and I'm not sure how to do this. Cause I think, isn't that what parenting is? You're like, wait, oh. I, yes. I thought I conquered this and then I have no idea how to help my child through this. Right. right. <laughs> Beautiful. Liz, to wrap up our conversation, I want to ask you the question we always ask everyone on the podcast. And that is, what is one piece of advice you'd give your younger self to boost your confidence? Well, I'm sure someone else has said this before, but it, I just remember in my head, if you're not willing to fail, you're not likely to succeed. I love that. I, I, wow. I love that. What, what a story you have shared with us. What good advice. I think the latter principle that is sticking with me really well. That that's kind of ingrained in my head. And, and as you shared that older man who swam from the deep end and surprised his wife. You are quite the woman, Liz. And we are so grateful that you have taken the time to be on here with us today. I have learned a lot from you. We want to make sure that our podcast listeners can connect with you and swim kids. So can you repeat again, where can people find you and your swim business? So, 
excuse me, the swim school is swimkidsutah.com. Indoor year-round lessons in Layton, Holiday, and Pleasant Grove. Perfect. So swimkidsutah.com, correct? Correct. Perfect. Swimkidsutah.com. And I, it's amazing. You've got Pleasant Grove, Holiday, Layton, wherever you are, if you're up in kind of Utah County, Salt Lake County, that like within a pretty wide perimeter of that, you are covered. <laughs> you and your kids are covered. So swimkidsutah.com. Liz, thank you so much for being on here with us. We are honored to know you. We are honored to have you in our community. And I am so excited when I have kids one day, they will be swimming with Swim Kids Utah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, Liz. After every episode, I'm amazed at what each of our guests have accomplished in their lives. They inspire me to go for my dreams and seize opportunities. The reality of life is that every opportunity and dream has a financial implication and knowing how to manage and grow your money will not only help you achieve your goals, but also get to them faster. Utah Money Moms has been a resource for me to learn how to better manage my money and turn my dreams into reality. Their website is full of interactive material to engage all learning styles. My favorite resource is their free monthly webinars where I can listen and have my questions answered by financial counselors and educators. Head on over to utahmoneymoms.com or Utah Money Moms on Instagram to access free empowering material. Again, that is utahmoneymoms.com or Utah Money Moms on Instagram. Thanks for listening in on the Full Confidence Ahead podcast. Weekly on Tuesdays, we'll continue our journey of confidence together through new interviews and insights. Make sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on the latest conversations and confidence boosts. And by the way, You got this because you deserve to live life full confidence ahead. See you next week.